Writing Matters with Dr. Troy Hicks is a writable podcast. Find more episodes and subscribe on your favorite platforms. And if you want to learn how to grow great writers, check out writable.com. In this episode of the Writing Matters podcast, we talk with the Teach Better team, Chad, Jeff, Tiffany, and Ray, about their approach to professional learning and what it means for them to be writers across a variety of platforms, including blogs, podcasts, professional development sessions, and their most recent book. Welcome to Writing Matters. In this episode, I get to speak with Chad, Tiffany, Ray, and Jeff of the Teach Better team. Welcome. Thanks for having us. I am really looking forward to this. We've had some chat already in our pre-show recording, and I know it's going to be great. So as a way to kick off the conversation, I'm hoping that each of you could just take a few moments to tell us about your path in education and, and how you've got to the place where you are and what role you currently serve in. So I think we're going to start with Chad. Yeah, so uh, I'm Chad Ostrowski. I'm the uh, CEO and co-founder of the uh, Teach Better team. You know, I started in education in uh, middle level, high needs, inner city school. Uh, I taught there for a while and developed what we now call you know, the grid method, which we now get to share with teachers, schools, and districts uh, you know, across the country, as well as some of the other things we do as the Teach Better team. So it's been quite the arc from you know, the classroom to what I get to do every day now, but I love every minute of it, and um, I enjoy working with this uh, crazy group of teachers we have on here. Thanks, Chad. And Tiffany, do you want to say hello? Mm-hmm. Sure. So I'm Tiffany Ott. I am currently a high school math teacher and director of curriculum development at the Teach Better team. Uh, so I have two part-time jobs that are really um, like full-time, two full-time jobs. So I stay very busy. I have been in education. I think this is year 11, maybe 12. I kind of started losing count. I've taught everything from third grade through 10th grade, math, science, reading, the whole shebang. So I've been kind of all over the map in education. Um, yeah, I think I'll keep it short and simple. So that's, that's me. Right. Fantastic. And Ray. Yeah, absolutely. Hey everyone. My name's Ray Hewart. I'm currently a sixth grade math teacher in central Illinois. I am also an adjunct professor at Illinois State University, and I'm the director of training and development for the Teach Better team. So for me, I just love that at this point in my life, I'm able to work with students by day, teachers by night, and future educators on Thursdays. So it's kind of a party over here. (laughs) Thanks so much. And I'm Jeff Gargas. I'm the uh, COO, Chief Operating Officer, and one of the co-founders of of the Teach Better team. Uh, I'm actually sort of the oddball in the group in a lot of ways, but uh, so I, I'm not a classroom K through 12 teacher. I was a, I did spend a couple of years at Kent State University as an adjunct professor, but I come from a background really in the in a lot of different industries, but in the business world and uh, entrepreneurship has always been a big piece of of me and my life, and started several businesses and kind of how Chad and I got connected and when he came to me when he felt he had something to share. And now I help, I, I kind of help make sure that we're doing what we say we're going to do and where we need to be and, and try to keep us all on track and, and doing things. Tiffany's laughing at me, but that's, you know, I do what I can with this group. It's, it's tough. I tell you what. We just let you think <laughs> you're the boss. Jeff. I'm also, I also rate it misses, but I also get to, I have an awesome addition to my job is that I get to co-host the Teach Better Talk podcast with Ray, which is a yeah. blast. So that's an extra special piece. 
Great. And why don't you tell us a bit more about Teach Better and how you work together as a team? I know we're going to talk a little bit more about the teaching of writing and some specific methods <laughs> and strategies, but yeah, give us a little bit of background on Teach Better and uh, the work that you do. Who wants it? So, uh, Chad, so, you got uh, it. <laughs> so Teach Better really started, um, you know, after I had one of the most difficult years of, of my life as an educator, um, I realized um, you know, something had to change. And so instead of kind of trying to change everything, you know, all at once, I, I, I started to look for little incremental ways to, to be better. And what I found is by putting all these little changes together, ended up adding up to like this, this huge amalgamation of um, impact and change that, that basically saved my teaching career. And then later became what we now call the grid method, which was putting all these little things together into one sort of framework. So um, you know, the Teach Better mindset's really about, um, you know, improving a little bit and focusing on those little changes we can make every single day while thinking about best practices, because every teacher can be better at something. Um, and that's really where we come at uh, a lot of things from. It's about focusing on those best practices and finding ways to help teachers just be a little bit better every single day. So whether it's the podcast, our live trainings, our PD, um, the, you know, the new book we released or the conference we're about to have, it's always about providing access and ways for teachers to improve and get a little bit better every single day. So, so Chad briefly mentioned how he kind of launched into this journey. And I got to throw it to Jeff for just a minute because Jeff will tell you really how it came from this Chad realizing he had to make changes and he had to do something different and starting to put this in place. And then he called Jeff, and that's really, I think, where we started as a group. So, Jeff, I'm throwing that to you. I, I like the cue up there, Tiff. Nice. Um, yeah. Yeah, so. I wanted to make sure we said it, so I just went for it. <laughs> so, well, she knows it's like one of my favorite things to do is tell this story. But so, so Chad and I know each other from a past life that I won't get into, but it was in the music industry. You can ask us about that later. Uh, so we knew each other, and when he, you know, he started to do these different things in his classroom and create what he hadn't, you know, it, was, it became the grid method, but other teachers started to take notice of the things that were happening in his classroom, the success he was having with, with kids that beforehand, before them were, were thought to be unreachable and started having a lot of questions. And he, and he just had this, this feeling that he had something and, and wanted to put it out. His initial idea was to put it into an ebook, put it up online so that his colleagues could go grab it, get some info and then still have questions, but they'd have like the bulk of it. And, the story that I will tell is that I was driving around my neighborhood uh, late one night in the rain and I just circled my block. I don't know how many times listening to Chad tell me everything that his, this changes had done for him, not only as a teacher, but also as a husband and father and what I've been doing for his students. And uh, the, the words I said to Chad were, dude, we're not just doing an ebook. Uh, we were, we, we, we <laughs> ended up beating up at BW3s, right? Eating some wings. And we decided that we needed to share this with more people. We weren't exactly sure how that was going to look, but we needed to share it. So it started with a free online course and just writing blog after blog after blog and putting out as much content as we could. Uh, and then that started growing. Eventually we did, you know, we, we started working with districts and, and doing things. And then uh, along the, along the way there, we, we, uh, I tricked Tiffany having a cup of coffee with me and then brought her on. She thought I was going to ask her a blog. I asked her to build something <laughs> with us. Yeah. Uh, and a little while after that, we, we, stalked Ray on Twitter and tricked her to come over. And, um, and it was kind of this unique thing, you know, when you bring in two more minds with experience and creativity and all this expertise in different areas, 
we started realizing that combined with the fact that the grid method is a big shift. We knew we needed to take these little changes and share those out. And then with Ray and Tiffany both bringing in their different, their ideas and the things they have been done, we realized we were training on so many more things. We were writing about so much more than just the grid method that it made sense to, to change the, the, because there was a lot of, there was starting to be some confusion about the fact that we actually did a lot of other stuff. Uh, and so that's where the teach better came from. It was just this mindset that we had had and we had constantly talked about it. And uh, I, I love the fact that we were sitting there, the teach better team came from, I don't know if you guys all remember, but we were, we were all together at a meeting and we were trying to find the new handle for our social media and like teach better was taken on like one platform or two. We couldn't figure it out. And I looked and I said, okay, teach better teams available on all the platforms. And Chad sits back and goes, yeah. And you know, like we're the teach better team, but everyone we work with all the teachers in the world, we're all the teach better team. And we were all just kind of like, whoa, that's deep, man. Let's, and that was, that was it. That's it exactly just made sense, right? It just, we did. We were very like, it was like, we were all like, yes, that's it. It's the side of teach better team. And then we, so we flipped out about a year and a half ago and uh, that was a really a good move. And, um, and now, yeah, we just try to do everything we possibly can to help support teachers in any way we can. Did you, did I do justice there, Tiff? That I'm, am I good? Okay. I, I think you did. I like the part where you tricked me. Invite yes. me for coffee. I thought you were going to ask me to blog. Lots of tricking. Lots of tricking. <laughs> I'm just glad that finally Jeff has realized that he does need to mention how he stalked me on Twitter. That, I think, is the, the best enhancement. I've heard this story a million times. He never really does it justice, but that was good, Jeff. Thanks. Thanks, Ray. <laughs> just shows the power of global collaboration, right? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Huge. Huge. Oh, wow. So, yeah, now that you're kind of getting to know that your team works in this way, tell us a little bit more about what you actually work on. What are some of the things that you do within four teachers? And, and to the extent that you're able to talk about how that connects to writing instruction, that would be wonderful. I know that you're disciplinary expertise spans a, a variety of different areas and you're looking across different grade levels too but any way that we can also kind of make these connections to students writing practices would be helpful so tell us a little bit more about what you do and the types of uh, strategies that you use and the the theories that guide you tell us more about your work tiff or ray you want to jump on that go for it tiff okay i'll go so <clears throat> We, there's a wide gamut of things that we do. We offer live PD, online PD. We give out a bunch of free stuff on our website and collaborate one-on-one -on -one with teachers, with groups of teachers. Pretty much we do everything we can to give teachers as many tools as we possibly can, as freely as we can, right? Um, so our day-to-day -day might look like blogging, creating content, creating online courses, Chad flies all over the place offering live PD, Ray's all over the place, um, doing Twitter chats, our mastery chat Thursday nights at 8 p.m. I mean, we kind of have our fingers in a lot of different areas. But again, the thread that drives through all of them is that no matter what we're doing, and this is one reason, I'm sorry, I'm going on a tangent. This is one reason why I really like the fact that we do come from a wide variety of disciplines, that we come from a wide variety of experiences, because in my mind, yes, it matters if you're a second grade teacher or a 10th grade teacher, but at the same time, you're teaching kids. And a lot of the same strategies really work well for such a wide range of ages, subjects, et cetera. So 
you mentioned writing and when we talk about the different things we train on, I mean, we talk about the grid method, which is really a focus on student-based mastery-based learning. And it's an incredible way to really make sure your students are actually understanding content before they move on. So you can look at writing through the lens of how you make sure your students understand the content before they, before they move on. So the writing process right there is exactly, uh, like you can't have a student write a paper if they haven't really thought through the process and come up with a thesis and all those different things. You look at um, Ray, I mean, you need to talk about Teach Further at some point because you're like the Teach Further guru. Why don't you take a minute and talk about that? Yeah, I mean, I love Teach Further. It's a great way for writing. Um, it's actually, I was teaching writing when I started working on the Teach Further model, but it allows students to take on themed internships that are all sponsored by local businesses to make the writing process relevant. And I, you know, for me, before I connected with the Teach Better team, relevancy was a huge focus. And then I realized that relevancy is actually only one layer. And so while it was the layer that I was very passionate about, um, when I finally learned about mastery learning, that was the second layer that I needed to not only hold my students accountable and ensure that they were taking ownership over the writing process, but also ensure that they understood why they were working so hard in this new progressive system. So um, it's really enjoyable, as Tiffany was saying, to be able to not only support teachers in a live workshop, which it seems like we do all the time, or, um, but, but it grew more into that, like you had said, Tiff, that you know, we realized we can only be in so many classrooms at one time. So if we can only be in five different schools every single week, how can we support teachers even better? And so that's where the blogs and the free downloads and the online courses and kind of everything came from. Because no matter where you are in your journey, striving to be a better writing teacher or reading teacher, um, there's a thousand different places to start. And if, I mean, thousands of different areas to explore. So um, it's really enjoyable. And the Teach Further model is something I really enjoyed just because it brought writing to life. It gave it a purpose and allowed students to know that what they were doing wasn't just for the sake of a grade, but for, was for a value of the community. Yeah, right. And I'm, I'm going to piggyback on that again. And guys, tell me to be quiet if I'm talking too much, because I, I tend to do that. Um, you know, we, as I mentioned, we come from so many different walks of education, so many different walks of life. And while we train on some specific things like this mastery-based learning and the teach further model, and we talk about standards-based grading and technology and all these different things, when it comes down to it, like what we really do is we talk to a teacher and we say, hey, teacher, like what's your struggle right now? And then I think the thing that we're able to do so well is pull from all of our experiences and say, okay, let's look at your thing and look at it through the lens of all these different areas that we have experience in, because we're not going to sit there and tell you that there is one right way to do it because there's simply not. So we're going to look at it from a mastery focus, from a community engagement focus, from all these different areas and just brainstorm with you. What's the story you're trying to tell? How can you help your kids figure that story out with you? And, and combining all of these different, um, pieces of insight that we have. I'm so blessed and honored to be with these other three people who are incredible because they challenge me and they have experience in areas that I just don't. So that's one thing I think that that makes us very strong together. To pick up on that idea um, of this idea of helping teachers tell their stories and also helping children tell their stories. Can, could you give me a little bit more information on that? I'd 
And maybe that connects back to what Ray was just saying about this idea of the value of community in the classroom. And again, I, I would agree that, you know, to, regardless of subject area, there are probably lessons that we can take that uh, are applicable. But I think especially for writing classrooms where there's a certain level of vulnerability that students have to bring to sharing their writing, uh, that matters even more so. I wonder if you could talk a little bit more about those things. Absolutely. So one element of teach further that I know that we continue to emphasize is the need for our students to know why they're writing. Because like I said, I mean, writing for a grade is not a reason to write. And I mean, we're um, fresh off of a brand new book that released <laughs> uh, just a few weeks ago, just about a month, guys. Can you believe that? It was about a month ago. Mm -hmm. I know it's crazy. We're at our mo one month anniversary, I think in a few days. But I mean, we were writing for a purpose, right? So allowing our students to ensure that they have that same moment is really valuable. And I think your note on vulnerability is a huge component of that. We can't ask our students to be vulnerable and expose themselves just for the sake of getting it on paper. We need it to actually have that purpose. So um, in one school year in my writing courses, um, my students take on geez, I don't know, anywhere from 20 to 25 different themed internships where they are writing for a purpose. So whether they're writing narrative texts or argumentative essays or, I mean, anything in between, we want our students to know the value of it. So we've done everything from partnering with Time Magazine and taking on a fellowship where they were writing more informative texts to um, something a little more common that you would find in a community where you're writing for a local library, which is wonderful when teachers choose to do that. Um, we actually partnered with about five or six different businesses that had us do writing for their company. Um, we did an argumentative essay assignment where students actually wrote in um, elements and applied to be on Shark Tank. But again, while these ideas I think are common in writing courses and, and teachers do understand that writing needs to be relevant to their students, I think the final piece is actually making it a reality. So how do we not only talk about Shark Tank as a great you know, TV show, but let's actually call the producers. Let's actually write letters to that organization. Let's put a logo, let's put a brand. Let's see if anybody from our community or from the outside area would be willing to come into our classroom or Skype into our classroom to talk on the concept. So we're doing more than talking about our future, our, our students' futures 20 years from now. We want them to literally walk outside our classroom and see their learning in action. Because the reality is, is you can have students in a second grade classroom right now do a writing piece for a McDonald's down the street. So why aren't we? No, yeah, right, but, a, sorry, go ahead, Jen. I think that's a great point as well. You mentioned you know, vulnerability, and I think when we give students that purpose for why they're doing and that engagement, um, some of those fears start to subside because that purpose outweighs that that fear of vulnerability, right? And you'd also mentioned sort of the opportunities we provide teachers to become writers. Um, I, I love the fact that um, I, we're, we have a hard push and we've, we've been pushing to get a lot of guest bloggers. So now we also have teachers who are writing in almost in, in, a, in a public uh, forum, which I think is helping them appreciate that process and that vulnerability as well. And I think when teachers can empathize with that vulnerability with their students, I think that also helps the process. Um, so I love the fact that, you know, at teachbetter.com on our blog page, we have teachers that literally see students and help them write every single day. So now 
they're now modeling what they want their students to do, which they can then utilize, you know, in their classroom. So while we're giving students uh, more engagement and more purpose behind the writing they're doing, I also feel like from the teacher side of things, giving teachers that experience in publishing their blogs and ideas and thoughts also allows them to feel that vulnerability, which they can then take into that process with their students. Yeah, and, and I think, you know, there's something that I, that is a continuous thread that keeps popping into my mind over the last several years. And it's, it's about storytelling and it's about storytelling, not just in the sense of, oh, I need to write a narrative essay or that's something I have to teach in third grade or something like that. But as a math teacher, storytelling is a part of what I do too, where we study data analysis, we study graphs, we tell the story with numbers, we tell the story with images. Um, when I was a science teacher, it's like, how do you tell the story of what you're experiencing? And so a lot of times I've worked with kids who it's like, ugh, writing, ugh, I hate writing, right? And that just breaks my heart because I'm like, you're not writing this formulaic essay. We're figuring out how to tell the story and communicate. And that is such a critical skill in today's world. Like, yeah, you probably don't have to write a 10 page paper in your future career, but you sure do have to be able to tell your story in a compelling way. And so if we can frame the writing work that we're doing with our students outside of simply this is writing, right? But in a context of this is writing in science, this is writing in math, because you sure do tell a story in math. And if we can bring that kind of perspective into all those different things we're doing, and as Chad mentioned, you know, we, we want teachers to tell their stories. Our book is about us telling our stories. Stories are the core of what really holds this all together. And so if we can start to shift students' perspectives on that by just creating fundamentally different writing experiences for them, we're moving down the right path. And I think Ray touches on that with Teach Further, Chad touches on it with teachers. It's about the stories we tell, not the words we write down on the piece of paper. So as you're hearing teachers think through some of their questions and concerns, uh, as you mentioned earlier, this idea that each of them is going to have different challenges and struggles in their own classroom, and as you're inviting them to tell these stories uh, through the blog, through the podcast, through these other means, what are you hearing from teachers, both, both good and bad? What are some of the challenges that they are facing um, and, and how is that manifesting itself in day-to-day -day classroom practice? And then also, what are the successes? Uh, you know, as you think about these great things that you're seeing happen with and for teachers, with and for kids, uh, what are some things that have been highlights for you in the past few months or over the last year? So challenges, successes, what are the stories that teachers are telling? I think, I think one of the most common things that I've realized, you know, as I circumnavigate the, the country and everywhere else um i don't think that word was right actually but um i think uh something i've uh <laughs> something i uh, i i realize is that you know every teacher's perspective includes challenges for that teacher right so the challenges of a teacher you know in an inner city school trying to teach math uh to students that may be multiple grade levels behind doesn't um, way any more or less than the challenges of a teacher that's not teaching that same demographic or whose students doesn't have that challenge. Both of those students will perceive um, challenges and difficulties because of, I don't want to say blinders, but like every teacher has their own challenges they have to deal with. 
And um, I've taught, we've worked with teachers and school districts in every setting you can possibly imagine. Suburban, rural, um, uh, inner city, um, you know, the highest performing schools, the lowest performing schools. And, you know, talking to all these teachers, um, you, you absolutely realize that like, they're, from their perspective, like every one of them has different challenges. So it's a lot of times it's about, you know, meeting them where they're at and then moving them forward from there and then sort of finding out where these challenges are. So like to say that there's like these common challenges, like, you know, every teacher wants to reach every student in their classroom, right? Every teacher has those kids that they can't quite figure out how to reach. I mean, I think that's a universal challenge for any classroom, right? Every teacher wants to engage their students on a more regular basis and get them active in the learning process. Those are all like sort of these universal things we want to see happen in our classroom. Um, so when those things don't happen, we have this common sort of feeling, regardless of at the scale or the severity of, of, of those, those issues. So um, it is my favorite thing in the world when I get a message on social media or the team gets a message on our, our Facebook page or I get an email about, I love, you know, running the Teach Further model or the grid method, or I've never seen my kids this engaged, or I'm so excited about the progress that they're making, or I have to tell you about this one student who's been failing for the last two semesters who is now thriving in my classroom. I mean, I, I'm not going to, I actually, I am going to speak for the whole team, but I'm pretty sure that's what we live for. Um, that's what I love hearing. And I know that the rest of my, uh, my amazing friends and colleagues here on this podcast probably agree that I mean that's the best part of my day is either seeing those kids thrive in person or hearing about them via these amazing teachers that trust us to make those changes to be better absolutely I think one of the one of the best or one of the successes that sort of encapsulates a lot of this little successes we see is I is just hearing about teachers who are taking risk who are challenging themselves every single day to be better. Like we talked about, they're, they're taking little steps. They're taking baby steps. Some, some of them are taking big bounds and, and leaps and bounds if you're a teacher like Tiffany who just goes after it, right? But hearing all these teachers everywhere that I think they're, because of the ability for us to all connect uh, uh, across social media and, and, and technology and stuff that allows us to connect with people, educators from all around the world, I feel like educators have this support system that they didn't necessarily have five years ago, 10 years ago, 15 years ago. And because of that, we're seeing all these little successes of teachers taking on something new, being willing to take a risk, being willing to change something after 20 <laughs> years of being a, 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 a successful teacher, right? And being willing to shift things because they know that they're trying to do something better for their students. And I think that's one they, that goes hand in hand with what Chad's talking about is hearing those little things. So even when it, even when it doesn't always work out, I still love hearing the story of, so I tried this. It didn't work well, so now I'm doing these three things to fix what I thought I had to do to try and do it again. Yeah. These teachers not giving up and going because they have that support system. And, and if we're playing any part in that, whether big or small, that's, that, uh, that's the other piece. I think, like what Chad was talking about, I think that's the other piece that we live for as well. It's just knowing if we're having even the smallest impact on one single teacher that maybe gave him or her the strength to wake up tomorrow or today to try something new, and go after it for their kids. I think that's, that's worth every second of our, of our time and everything we put into it. So. I can certainly appreciate that everybody's facing different challenges in different ways and that we've got to, at some level, just acknowledge what it is that it means to be a teacher and to make that human connection yeah. with that individual kid in front of you. I think sometimes we get 
caught in big conversations about policy or about testing or assessment and things like that. And I think what I've heard you say in these last few moments that are particularly resonant is just this idea that we have to continue to build relationships uh, with Mm -hmm. kids. And and that in and of itself is a challenge. Um, And yet at the same time, that's the core of what we do. And all the other things are then built around that. So so you've talked a lot about the ways in which you, you're helping other teachers come into their own voice through the blog. You also talked about your book, Baby, that just came out here, what, a month ago or so? <laughs> yep, yep. Uh, so as we, as we close our conversation, I'm really curious to hear a little bit from each of you about the role that writing plays in your personal and professional life. Uh, who do you see yourself as, as a writer? Um, (laughs) that's a good question um i'm not like i i still like writing's never been like a natural part of like something i do so writing's become this thing that i've had to really work at personally um but it's also become a vehicle to which myself and, and the rest of this team obviously have been able to share our message right so even though it's challenging and, and I have to, you know, getting into these vulnerable places and, and, and putting pen to paper or hands to keys, I guess would be more appropriate <laughs> at this point. Um, you know, it, the ends to me justify the, the, the means of, 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 of kind of overcoming that. Uh, I don't want to say apprehension, but like, I, I, I kind of feel for my students sometimes. I'm like, maybe I don't want to sit down and write this blog, but if I don't, how am I going to share it with the world? Right. Mm-hmm. Like, Writing such a vehicle to to just build on ideas, share ideas, and, and build and send and share the message that we have to offer, that without it, I don't, you know, we wouldn't be on this podcast right now. We wouldn't be where we are. Um, and all this started with me wanting to write an ebook and Jeff telling me that that was going to, it was going to be more than that. So um, I, I owe a lot to writing. I think we all owe a lot to writing. And I think I've grown to, over the last few years, greatly appreciate that struggle, but also that process and what writing has offered us and the gift that it's um, allowed us to provide to, you know, teachers and, uh, you know, around the world. Yeah. And I think playing off of what Chad's saying, like, I mean, that's how all of us started. Yes. With the ebook, but then when we said, okay, we're going to take this to a different level, we're going to share this out, Chad, you know, it was, how are we going to do this? And I said, we're going to create a whole lot of content. And so I just started saying, hey, write a blog on this, write a blog on this, write a blog on this, write a blog on this. <laughs> and sometimes they were perfect. They were awesome. You know, and I just had to like touch them up and they were good to go. Sometimes I had to help fill in blanks. He's like, hey, I have a lot of ideas, but I couldn't figure out how to put these words together. And that's, it's been a lot easier since as he's done more and more. But like you said, like he had a little bit of apprehension. I think that was the right word, Chad. Like you, it just wasn't something that you love doing. But in this circles back around to, you know, what, what Ray and Tiff talked about earlier about giving that purpose to that writing is that in that particular relationship, I was driving Chad to write by giving him the purpose and, and showing him why we had to do this and stuff. And I think that's been such a big part. And I mean, that's obviously been a, a big, big part of our lives here. And then obviously the book, there was so much writing on all of our parts for that and being able to put all these stories together and then, and then somehow find them as this unified voice, but also four separate voices and stuff. It's been, you know, pulling from, I think that really pulled from all four of our different styles of writing and our backgrounds. And we, 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 we played to the different strengths, I think, really well on how we organize that. But yeah, I mean, writing is constantly every day 
uh, a crucial point in, in our life and our, in our business as well. So. As far as the teach better book, I think that there was some like very deep reflection that we each had in terms of writing that, you know, the blogs, I feel like that's something that I can sit down and I love Jeff that you give us a topic and then we're able to kind of expound on that. But, um, I love teaching writing and I hated writing. Like I, <laughs> I, uh, I, an IEP growing up and reading and writing and Jeff will tell you that I can't spell a single word and I capitalize about every third letter I type just because I think everything should be capitalized and I don't see any problem with that. So, um, but I think the best part for me of the writing process was learning how to be a student again in that capacity. And actually I have to credit a lot to Tiffany that it was about writing stories down and then having her come back as my teacher and saying, Hey Ray, like you gave us a surface letter level story. You gave us a surface level response. You know, like we need to go deeper. And I've been saying that to students and they're, you know, writing pieces continuously, but to have, you know, a peer give me feedback and say, you know, we are, our audience deserves more of us. How can we pour our heart into this book? I think that's a, an enormous benefit that we ended up getting out of this book was it, it really is an authentic view of not just things that you can take right away into your classrooms, but honest educators sharing their stories of their pursuit of better. First of all, thank you, Ray, for the acknowledgement. Um, I thought that was a really fun process. <laughs> I, it was horrible. I really, it was really fun. enjoyed like digging into those stories. Because when, when we were writing this book, our, our first step was to literally dump any idea that was in our brain into a document and then go through it and be like, ooh, we need more here. We need more here. We need more here. And then looking for, for common threads that tied our own stories together and then putting that into this form. And it was, it was like baking. Like you take all your ingredients and you throw them together and you mix things up and you have this much of this and this much of this and you put it in the oven. It's like, whoa, that's a cake. That's pretty cool. <laughs> um, stop it, Jeff. Uh, you know, writing for me, I was, I was really fortunate when I was in high school, I had an English teacher who wrote trite all over my essays, but then I learned to not write trite things. Um, and she was a phenomenal teacher and writing. I've always enjoyed the process of telling a story, you know, that ties back to what we were talking about earlier. I really like telling stories. And this book has given me such an avenue to just practice telling stories and, and telling stories that have meaning and telling stories that hopefully make people feel. And um, I have to say, the hours and hours and hours I spent in a coffee shop drinking way too much coffee and writing for literally 10 hours a day, um, has just made me want to go back for more. It's like I've been set on fire with this desire to tell more stories and I have way too many ideas in my head for stories I want to tell and not enough winter breaks to sit in a coffee shop and write them. But, um, you know, I, I never really saw myself as a writer until I made the connection that what we were doing was telling stories and then I can tell a story. I can, I can sit down and put a story on the paper and I really have been lit up by that. I've really enjoyed that. Fantastic. Well, I greatly appreciate your time and the work that you do with and for teachers, Chad, Jeff, Tiff, Ray, and I wish you all the best in your efforts to continue not writing trite and actually <laughs> telling those stories that need to be told and bringing, bringing your passion to the page, to the podcast, to the blog, 
to your professional development sessions. Thanks for the work that you do. Thanks for having us on, Troy. Appreciate what you're doing with this, man. Writing Matters with Dr. Troy Hicks is a writable podcast. Discover more episodes and subscribe on your favorite streaming platforms. Or check out filmed episodes on YouTube. And if you want to learn how to grow great writers, check out writable.com.